0: Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis
1: on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings and welcome to our new episode, Build to Rent with Brock Holloman. We're here to help you crush your goals. So guys, really excited to have Brock on today, but we want to talk about the fee. So we're not interested in
0: selling advertising or marketing on our podcast, but we just ask that you share this episode with someone if you like it today. I think Brock's going to drop a ton of value, um, things that most of you guys are interested in learning. So if you give, give us a share, give us a five-star review on iTunes. We sincerely appreciate it. And with that, Brock, we're really excited to have you today.
2: Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Frank. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm really excited about being on your show
0: so you guys you guys probably hear like the southern twang brock is from memphis originally and he's down in florida now and we were i guess reminiscing talking a little bit about how uh a lot of the inspectors down in florida um on the properties that he's building out are from rhode island which is like this weird connection right
2: yeah yeah everybody and they all give me hell just like you guys did with my (laughs) my hillbilly accent
1: (laughs) dude i don't care your your blood is red and your money's green it doesn't matter to me that is that's right
0: key phrase. So how did, so Brock, how how do you wind up getting into real estate? Like what was, what was the big idea that pushed you down the path that you're on now?
2: Well, um, it was back in, see, I was back, I started back in high school. Okay. Um, And I was actually a senior in high school and I had a, or actually, I'm sorry, junior in high school. Okay. I had a lawn mowing business and all my clients were not, they weren't homeowners. Uh, My clients were banks and we were mowing foreclosures, uh, their all their properties because this was like this was 2010 and uh, going into 2011. So there was just an, an abundance of these vacant properties out there, and I'm mowing all their yards. And I'm thinking, man, yeah, you know, I'm 17. I'm making you know 800 bucks a week. That's really good. I, you know, honestly, that's
0: cool. that's really good money for a high school kid, right? Like that's yeah, awesome.
2: Yeah, it was cool. But, um, Man interrupting me, man. I'm just kidding Jim. <laughs> uh, so the thing is yet yeah, looking at all of these things, getting thirty five, 40 bucks a yard and then I'm thinking, wow, why are they still vacant? I'm mowing them for a few months at a time um, and start getting interested in these auctions, these foreclosure auctions. so I went down to the steps um, was skipping school I really I was long at my high school not going Love to school this. and <laughs> I hit up. I yeah, and hello. I, I just had to check them out, so I went and checked these auctions out um, and met some people. Met another young guy down there um, who was a few few years older than I was, and he had some investor guys, and we kind of we kind of partnered up a little bit. Um, I was still in, still in high school, and the funny thing is, when my parents think I'm in school, and I guess my dad had a court that day, and I ran into him at the on the steps. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "What the hell you did?" And I said, "This is an auction." And, he was actually very proud of it, that I was skipping school for that. I love, um, I love that. Yeah. I'm sure there was um, worse
1: but, things you could have skipped school for, so that's why I was proud of it.
2: And I did that too, Frank. <laughs> okay? I did that too. Um, but I had a good time and learned a lot and, yeah, blew a lot of money. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was cool. So I didn't have a lot of money. It's, it, I had a lawnmower business. Yeah, $800 was, a week was pretty good. But you had 24 to 72 hours to pay for these bids. Uh, back to now it's bring a cashier's check in most places um, but yet 24 to 72 hours and I would just hustle on the public records man I mean there's a lot of people out there that want to pay 10 and we're talking Memphis remember so $10,000 a half for a house that's going to rent for you know 700 and there, there's an abundance of those kind of buyers out in the marketplace so just getting on the phone back then. And I would tell them, look, we got to close this and in, in 48 hours. Y'all got to do your own title work and all this. And I, they would wire it directly to the trustees account and they have to send the refund check over to whoever won the bid. So I would get the excess. And um, that's how I was doing that at first until I kind of got enough money to buy my first house, which was uh, $9,100. And I won't Damn. forget, I, yeah, I put 6,000 in it. And rented it for $800 a month to great tenants. Wow. And, then, and I got an offer from an Australian guy that wanted an investment property. Um, and there I sold go. it for 39 And I thought, man, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm rich. Right? Yeah, talk, about yeah. a, talk about a come up there. That's a quick come up. Well, I blew all that money. Um, and Happens. Yeah. And had to do the same thing again and think I'm rich like 10 times before you realize you're just still, you know, a kid, you still got a lot to learn. So, um, and then I'm looking back every single deal, like to this day, and there's tons of them, they're, um, way I bought them for a lot less and sold them for a lot less than what they're worth now. And really like that was a bad play. That same house now is going for like 85,000. So um, you can only imagine if you could have kept you know five hundred of these things because yeah. it was just as easy it 's probably just as easy to go find financing for these houses than it is to go find a, a buyer so for sure uh, which way do you want the quick money or the long money, but it took a long time to figure that out um, yeah since then, I mean just it kind of evolved with as the market evolved, the prices started to come back up because we went from two thousand and ten and eleven now on thirteen where prices are coming up, and it makes better sense to. Uh, to go and rehab some houses and go sell them on the retail market uh, because confidence is coming back. People are starting to buy again. And it's still too cheap to go and build at this time uh, because it's going to cost you more to construct the property than it is what it's actually going to appraise for. So um, just keep on doing the, the, the wholesale game, the light rehabs and gradually get into the bigger rehabs. It's some, you know, those hair pull out rehabs. Um, yeah. Uh, like the 1919 yeah. house, full gut rehab, like, yeah, basement yeah. And leaks and all that junk. Well, oh, that's
1: normal in our neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, we am so
0: glad
2: we don't have basements here.
0: We've got really <laughs> old inventory, but I think, so the golden nugget about what you're talking about is that pivot point, right? So at different stages of the cycle, there's going to be different strategies to leverage. I think a lot of people get in and, you know, our biggest thing is like, stay focused, focus on, Whatever your niche is, but recognize there's going to be a point to pivot, and we've gone mm-hmm. through that recently, late stage in the cycle here, where multifamilies in our area aren't attractive from a return on investment, right? The cap rates that these multis are trading at are far too low for the amount of risk involved. But we found a niche in flipping these multifamily properties, so that's that pivot, and this is kind of where you're headed, I think, in the sense of, hey, this is where I started on the courthouse ste- courthouse steps, and and this is how I made money. But then I pivoted into the build to rent business. And was, was there a certain project that led you in that direction or what was like that pivot point that caused that?
2: It's just, just like you said, man, you always have to pivot. And if the market pivots, if you don't pivot with it, then you're going to get left behind. So yeah, I mean, the market went from, uh, you can go get deals, $10,000 houses, $20,000 houses. Um, and, really good deals to now the institutional money's coming in. So we have to pivot, we have to adapt yep. and prices are going up. And yeah. And now that you see, my father was always a, a builder, um, growing That's up. Awesome. So I, I spent all my time out on a construction site. Like if, if I'm with my dad, I, and most of the times I was with him and I uh, was always on the site. So it felt, it well, felt that. like a second home, you know? Yeah. Yep. And he was so, he's so like, uh, even when you're not on a job site, like you feel like you're on a job site, and you're the one that's, 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 that's screwing up on the job site like, always being yeah, tough yeah. yeah whether you're on the couch or why are you on the couch <laughs> and as a growing up like it's it's seven o'clock or no I guess six o'clock why aren't you up at five o'clock you know, and, and it's always yep. felt branded in me too with that, um but yeah it's good to I'll get back pivot back to topic right, so prices came back up and he was in construction and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to put together, I want to learn how to build a house. So I put together a small deal with a hedge fund that just started buying and messing up our courthouse step options. So we had to pivot. Yeah. Um, and I put together a little deal with them. It was only six houses. Um, and those were built to rents and it was the first built to rents that this company had done. It was uh, awesome. It's a publicly traded company too. It's American homes for rent. Okay uh and now they they don't do that anymore now they have their own in-house build to rent department they all build them in-house they um, figured it out right they're like hey they Brock,
0: <laughs> thanks for <laughs> letting us know how to do it we got
1: you now like we're gonna we're and if gonna they're do it listening own, right
2: if y'all are listening y'all owe me a cut okay american <laughs> homes <laughs> anyway, they, should have, uh, they should
1: have made you a vice president of that division
2: yeah maybe so i don't know if i could do that <laughs> yeah, um, i feel
0: that too yeah yeah, like, yeah. I
2: just I hate eyes on me. Like, you know, people breathing in my neck, but um, yeah, I've had a lot of partners, but yeah, luckily now I'm partnered with my father. Um, It's been a long road uh, split up and now um, we're on the same path and it's probably the best partnership I could have ever imagined. Um, A lot of trust and it's hard to find trust. Um, But yeah, as the prices came back up, uh, we did those six turned them. Um, We thought we were booming back then. Uh, Yeah. Same house. We sold those for 170 K now they're going for what two sixty. So another wow. example, and <laughs> uh, you know, just they rented back then. I think it was like $1,650, sixteen fifty, seventeen hundred. So they were getting one percent on that too on a brand new house. So I think um,
0: one of the other big things here too, right? So as as you're talking about prices and how they increase from kind of where you started to where we are now, we're seeing the same thing. And I think it's important that as folks build a portfolio, so the, the more experienced investors that are listening to this, if you own three, four, five, maybe even more properties, and you're at this stage of the cycle, it's probably, probably an intelligent idea to take some money off the table, maybe you know, stack rank your top five and say, hey, listen, one through five, here's my favorite property, here's my least favorite, sell that least favorite, and then you're going to have some cash on the sidelines in case the market turns, but maybe you're able to repatriate that to a better asset class.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it is a time that you have to keep your eyes open right now um, because there's a lot of a lot of tricky things going on in this market where you don't really know what what's going to be on that next page. Yep. Um But as long as we're always looking out for it like this and planning for it, then I think I, I'm constantly I don't take any advice from people my like my age because I'm in my you know, mid 20s. I like to yep. I talk to people like you guys that know what the hell they're doing. They've been around the space. Um, I've got before we had, we got on this show. I mean, I was talking to my favorite real estate woman uh, and she's in her seventies. I mean, it's people that have seen it all and paint a picture to try to your best to tell the future and and prepare for it. Um, But I'm confident, I'm feel confident in my asset class now. Like I did have a lot of rentals over there in Memphis and um, older properties like we were talking about. Um, But I, I feel fairly comfortable in my, new construction. Hopefully it doesn't bite me by saying that. Um, but I know what I built and I know how they're built and the markets I'm in. And it's a market where I could literally see a lot of the real estate markets in this country taking a dip or some kind of a recess reset button or point or whatever. And Florida just seems like a really rally place right now. I mean, everybody's flying down here, uh, or, and, and bus by the buses, you know, and it's crazy when you look at the numbers and like 80% of our rental leads are from, uh, up North or way out West. Yeah. Good stuff. Really, it's crazy. You would rarely see a Florida area code. So when you guys
0: go from Memphis down to Florida, are you looking at like, Hey, I want to move to warm weather, newer inventory. You're looking at like, Hey, these are the demographics that we're going to build our business around.
2: It was more of a, uh, yeah, the, the first part, okay, because I wasn't intelligent back then. <laughs> it's um, all good,
0: it's all good. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good.
2: Yeah, right? well, t- to be fair, I went to, I went to New York City first, um, then went to Washington DC and then ended up down here. Um, but yeah, I, I really can't think of a better place that I would rather move. I mean, maybe further south, that's the only thing, a little bit further south, near the keys. I like, I really like it down there, but yep. um, it's just a fantastic market. There's always somewhere to go. There's always something to do. Um, I mean, not in the last few months, but you know, it's, it's just, there's great scenery, great weather. The people are always nice and friendly. It's like, you know, it's like Island style down here. Yeah, man, <laughs> I hear that. So, so tell
1: us about where you are uh, in your business now. So you, you picked Florida and uh, what's, what is 2020 looking for you with all this, with the business
2: and how everything's going on? Yes, sir. Sure. So, um, so last year we started, at, we started here. Uh, we got a little bit of a slow start. We bought lots at the beginning of the year. Um, I had to go get my contractor's license going down here. Um, and as we found and built a sub base, it kind of ate up a lot of the clock for last year, but we managed to do, uh, 19 houses and uh, we built them and we sold them. And, <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Uh, Nothing to shake a stick out there. Ca- Stop it. Casual, casual 19. It's all good. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. And since then, I, I don't know, we had these big goals and aspirations for this year. Cause, and that, that 19, we kind of, I kind of took a break, uh, starting in November till, um, the end of February, 2020. And it was just writing a complete library and set of systems and processes for this business. So, I could really start to hire people and leverage out another time because that was the only thing that was kind of screwing us up. I can go find money. I can go find lots. We can build them quicker than anybody and make them look better than anything. We're getting higher rents than anybody. We just don't have the time. And the only way to do it, I can go hire a bunch of people and then have a big chaotic office and nobody knows what the hell they're doing or right. take the second and make sure you got everything as organized as you can. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs, You need something that people can go off of and have a sense of direction, because I'll be honest, I'm the worst. I feel like I'm one of the worst teachers out there or mentors when it comes to having patience and, um, you know, on the small, the small task when I'm trying to focus on other tasks and, and stuff like that. So that was, that was key. And since then um, we've hired, five people now. Um, we've hired five people. We're really killing it. Um, we had a a waiting list of over 170 investors wanting single families, duplexes and, and townhouses. Um, and right before March 1st and then March 1st happened. Um, and I guess it was February, whatever, you know what I'm talking about happened. And, Everybody got scared, lenders got scared and everybody just dropped um, like overnight. We had uh, overnight the hedge funds pulled out completely. Um, we had 14 under construction and 12 of the buyers dropped off and we're talking Oof. like almost completed properties and I'm, I'm working completely out of pocket. Um, and really relying on a couple of closings that were supposed to happen like this, that week and all this, everything was great. You know, you could, have, you couldn't imagine something that could just turn so dark so quickly, but it did. Um, but didn't, we just took it on the chin and and called our way back out. It took a couple months to, to slowly crank it back up. Um, just kind of like the whole market, I guess. Um, but now we're, we're good. We're, we're really pushing to hit a hundred houses this year. Um, right now we're at we're at 70 Um, so it's going to be a challenge but I love challenges so that's what we're doing but next year um, we're we do have two other areas in central and south Florida that we're looking at where the model works perfectly um, and we're ready to start buying lots and start that up and repeat all those systems and processes that we kind of put in place
1: I want to go back real quick to to when you were at that point with the out-of-pocket and 12 out of 14 bailed on you and everything else. And I just want to make sure that a lot of our listeners hear this because we have a lot of new investors that we talk to every day, Jim can agree, especially in our market, that have no fear and no risk contingencies set up at all. It's like, yeah, I'm going to spend every last dollar to invest in that deal. It's like, no, you know? You got to have a little yeah. bit of backup plan and everything else. Cause you know, I mean you guys might not have to worry about heating systems as much as we do, but in winter time when that heating system lets go and if you have one or two tenants not paying, there's a problem.
2: Right. Yeah. And it goes back to that pivot, right? I mean, yep. you, you just gotta be ready at any moment. And that it, it feels like all these little hits in the face and in the chin, you learn, you have to learn something from each and every one of them. And I really feel like I I learned it was it's kind of a thankful I'm thankful to learn everything that came off of that situation because it really wasn't the smartest thing to do just to to rely okay you got a you got a, like a million things going on and the only way that everything can go wrong is if all million mess up and just so happens that you know nine hundred ninety nine thousand of them messed up and you got. You're really down and back against the wall, so you get to figure. That's like your best point, I guess. You have two options, right? So, yeah, gotta pivot.
0: Love it. So let's talk about this this build the rent model. What does your end buyer look like? Is it strictly hedge funds, or where you, like where do you find your investors?
2: Yeah, so um, I actually really love working with the hedge funds. No offense, any investors out there. Um, just because they're so easy, you deal with somebody that's not even really local and they send out their local team and it's just, you know, very simple, all cash. But, um, the, the hedge funds have kind of backed off. Um, I have gotten some interest in the last couple of weeks where I've had some, some calls trying to start the the, the conversation back up and, Hey, send me your, your list of what you got and all that. They haven't gotten back or anything. and I haven't followed up, but, um, everything's sold anyway. And it's all sold yep. to these, uh, mom and pop investors, great, great investors. And the good thing is I know that they're getting a good product from me because uh, there's a lot of people out there that, as y'all know, that it's, they have bogus products, but so that's good, but they're buying their first house or some of them are buying their, their 10th house. Um, and, <clears throat> and I've got some people that um, have a hundred, 200 houses um, individually and they're buying from us too. A lot of 1031 exchanges, but it's all most that's going to be right now. It's a hundred percent of our buyers um, are the mom and pop investors. And we get those from different networks over in, uh, in California, some local people that I've, I've hooked up with. Um, and yeah, a lot of people interested online and all that. I mean, it's, when people see our product and they, and they've got our kind of mindset, they, they realize it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing to be in. Um, but, yeah, that, and now we're starting to keep them. Um, so that's, that's fun. Um, hopefully you don't scold me after what you just said.
0: Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, absolutely not. So where, where you guys are at now, it, when that handoff occurs, are you selling it with tenants already in place? You're handing it off to a property manager that the hedge fund works with. Like what are you, what are you seeing on the back end of that
2: process? So hedge funds want no part of that. Even if I can get them, the a more qualified tenant, uh, higher rent, they just want no part of it. They, unless they're going to be buying, and this is a straight across the, the board, this is their rule. Unless they're buying anything that has 10 or more single families in it, they don't want anything leased yeah. um, in one package. So um, I am 70% of our, our investor buyers are closing with a tenant in place, which is awesome for both of us because they don't have to make a, a mortgage payment um, without having cash flow. Right. And, if a closing gets delayed, like like eighty of eighty percent of them are right now with these <laughs> lenders. I know. Then it's, yeah, I mean, they need to get their head out of their ass a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No offense, <laughs> lenders. Okay, I can think of a couple. I'm not gonna name call, but uh, you know, the 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 great part is when they delay them, I'm still making a return. So it's it's right. and like I don't and if I don't need that that uh, couple hundred k off the house real quick then it's it's good i'd rather have it in there than in a bank account you see the the u.s dollar chart i mean i feel a lot more comfortable having it in in the properties and it's a it works out fantastic yeah for both of us what about the
1: concept of say see most of yours are in like a a local market are they Mm -hmm. are using the same property manager or how's that work
2: yeah. So I, I manage all, uh, we manage all of our own deals in-house. Um, anything that we build, we don't build it. Uh, like it's, it's not like, Oh, we can't wait to get rid of it type of type of thing. Like we're not nervous about the areas and, and the product that we're building. Like if the investors back out, we have a pack now where if they back out a contract drops and we're keeping it, uh, we're not going to try to resell it. Um, Got it. And so we know that we're comfortable with keeping the product. So we rent it out ourselves. If we are unsuccessful that 30% that doesn't rent it out, they, they will either stay on with us, which I honestly, I try to push the other people to the property managers that we work with. Um, but we, we do a great job. I will. I just won't manage anything that we didn't build. And a, and a lot of people want to buy more than one property and, and all that. They want to diversify in different areas or maybe with a different builder or something like that. But um, I, I just only want to manage the stuff we build because we know all the paint colors, tile colors, and all that stuff. Makes um, it a easier. Yeah, but we work with two great property management companies. One is we work with like on a daily basis because we're doing lease transfers every week. And they own, or not they own? They manage over 2,000 houses here in Central Florida, so they know what the hell they're doing. And they have an office of, I think, like 100 employees. It's, it's, I mean, it's pretty. They overdo it, honestly. But um, yeah, so it's that's a seamless process, and it's always we know that the investor's in good hands when when they close. They have good tenants and all of our screening stuff We're If we're not going to put any tenant in that property that we don't feel comfortable with ourselves. We, like I said, on those binders and and all the the systems and everything, we have a binder strictly for the leasing. So there's a whole section on there for qualifications. If these people don't don't qualify, then they don't qualify. And we're not going to just throw somebody in the, in the house, um, or in any property, um, just to sell it with a tenant in there and and have a cool marketing scheme, you know? So, um uh, yeah we just we try to do the right thing but with that being said uh sorry if i'm going on too long here so we okay. get the top dollar rents man uh because there's some other people catching on there's a there's another builder in the same subdivisions where they're doing build to rent and they're getting like 90 cents a foot i'm at like almost a buck 10 and uh that's a huge difference just from my finishings and and the way that we do the layout so
0: there's so a huge, huge difference good. from a return perspective too, right? Huge,
2: huge, huge, huge. And the people, the investors, they don't, they don't care. Like the, you'll get some of these property managers that say, Oh no, we need to list it for what the other people are doing it for just to get it off. And maybe that's sell okay, the quality." But yeah, but we're, we're moving our product fast, you know, with, right. with, it's not, there's no need for that. Um, right. And just you. cause the rates are low, you know, so just average, sell the value prop, higher quality house. property, better price average price.
1: house, what what do you what are you selling the average house for right now in whatever subdivision? What are you renting it for?
2: Yes, yeah, so our average house across the board right now is two hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah. Um we're What's renting that like for, a three
1: bedroom, two-baths, baths, what is it? No,
2: we do not do any of our single families. We do one floor plan. Okay. And I, I know that sounds repetitive. And you're thinking uh, with your finishes, you get sound pretty cookie cutter but the insides are awesome. The outsides are awesome. We have like 12 different color schemes. So in case we have one across the street, it doesn't look the same. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're getting 1725 a month. They're four bedroom, two bath house, 1,605 um, heated and cooled space. They call it living area down here. They don't call it heated. I called it heated in Tennessee. Now I feel <laughs> like a, a Yankee down here, but um, so yeah. 1605 heated, 2,187 feet under roof, two car garage. Um, We do all tile floors. Um, We do nine, four ceilings. All of our houses are concrete block. Um, We put, we put really, uh, we put 30 year shingles on them. Owen's corning. So um, we've got 15 sear HVAC systems like, and we're in the process of trying to qualify for the L 45, which is the energy efficient tax credit for builders, um, which I'm pretty sure they think we're going to qualify. We'll know here next week, but, uh, so we're building an energy efficient product with energy efficient windows and doors and uh, ceiling fans in every room, stainless steel appliances, quartz countertops. I mean, it's, it's really insane. You don't find a rental product on the market like this. And it really, when you do the return perspective, cause I'm, i I've, I've priced these single families out like you do got, like you guys do with multifamily. So I'm looking at it on a, a return rate, not, not a price per square foot for the the sales comps. Like I guess like you should in a sense, but if you're going to get a bunch of these and you're going to, it's a package. So if somebody else is going to buy them as a package and they're going to buy it based on a return number. And when you spend a few extra thousand dollars on finishes on the inside of a house and you're going to get an extra $150 a month's rent, that's 50%, you know, return on investment. So uh, it's like a no brainer just to spend a few extra bucks, make it look nice and put a little bit of effort in it, document it and then repeat it, you know, just keep repeating. Oh yeah. Sounds good.
1: Sounds good. That sounds awesome. All right. So let's go to some of the questions we ask all the, uh, every person that we have on the podcast. So if someone wants to become a better investor, what would you recommend Brock?
2: I would recommend just to get up never, and don't give up on, you got to set your goal and, figure out what it is you want and make sure that you spend every waking moment uh, trying to achieve that thing. Um, And it doesn't, it it shouldn't be some little goal. In my opinion, I'd started with little goals, but set a big goal with what you want to do. And if you come up short, you're going to do a lot better than if you would have hit your little goal. So I think it's just my, keep that kind of mindset and get out there and grind and make contact with people and and get your name out there. Just, you know, you gotta, you gotta get after it. I'm
1: yes. <laughs> all right uh i'm not sure if you're much of a book reader but what's one book you, that you consider a must read
2: yeah and um and sound redundant i'm sure but you know obviously rich dead poor dead but i've really enjoyed the cash flow quadrant um i actually uh-huh. like that one much better
1: that's um, why i love my uh that's why i love our brand you know the flow uh, quadrant yeah. was the first one that i read i
2: that that's where it came, uh gave you the uh okay. idea
1: that's one of the things that
2: helped man. Great book. Yeah. Got to read it. Got to read it twice. Absolutely. Definitely.
1: All right. So what do you want to be when you grow up and what that means is five years from now or even 10 years from now, where do you see your business and you?
2: Yeah. So I see, I see myself. Um, we, we talked a little bit off there and about the building a complete subdivision, not the infill lots, but go out there find a piece of property develop it as a full-on luxury rental single family home community and that's what I want to do and hopefully in 5 years I've got a couple or 3 of them under okay. my belt and I really want to refinance and keep it or syndicate or something to kind of to to make it where this can happen quickly cuz I I want to take advantage of it while we can um and yeah I really want to get into these 2 to 300 lot subdivision um and just if you got to break it down in phases of 50, that's fine. Just 50 and then start working on the underground on the other 50. And by the time you get the, that refi or whatever you got to do, then go to the next phase and, and so on. And I think that's a wonderful model. And I really want to keep more. That's what I see in the next five years, 10 years. Good stuff. Good Transferring
1: stuff. over from being a builder to being an investor.
2: Correct. Hell yeah.
0: So if, Somebody listened to the podcast, I like what you had to say, but had a couple more questions. What is the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Yeah. So um, please go to my website, um, hollomancapitalgroup.com, H O L L I M A N, capitalgroup.com. Um, and I'm just really proud of it, okay? Because I'm not that great at tech, but I built it. So come on there and, and reach out. Um, Good you, can, stuff. you can hit me up on there. My email is on there um, and on Instagram. Uh, look at us on Instagram. Follow us. We're at Holloman Capital Group on Instagram as well and Facebook. But
0: yeah. So you guys you guys heard Brock. Follow him at the handle at Holloman Capital on Instagram. Um, we hope that Holloman you enjoy. Holloman Capital Group. So- Holloman Capital Group. Thank you for holding me accountable on that one. Um, we'll you. give him a shout out in our story today. Um, so we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. In between time, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram under the handle, the Cashflow Kings or at our website,
1: thecashflowkings.com. Cheers to your success. The Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice.